Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 113 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K, Oh, so much football to kibitz about so little time. We are doing two podcasts. As usual, we really should do a third one. Let's start talking football right now with the man seated to my immediate right from NFL.com, from NFL Fantasy Live, the like-dislike column, the alternative ranking, so much. And also, a man who celebrated his birthday one day ago. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me, and thanks sure, for the I, birthday wishes. Sure. Well, that's I didn't wish you happy birthday. That's true. I just mentioned that it was. You your mentioned birthday. that it was my birthday. Yes, fair I mean, point. But I guess happy birthday. No, no, no. I don't. Don't don't let me. No, I'm no, happy for you. Good no. for you. Happy birthday. How did you celebrate it? We uh, just what we usually do on our Monday nights. Went out to uh, the local pizza place, slice in New York and Huntington Harbor. Had a couple of friends out. Everybody else was drinking beers, having a good time, and uh, watched a blowout. What do you mean, everybody else? You don't drink beer anymore? Not on Mondays. Huh. It's a kind of a tough turnaround with our early mornings oh, because here. you do the early morning yeah. Tuesday I got, fantasy show. I, I am not on that one yet. I got after it on Friday night. I see. That was fun. Hmm. I guess, uh, yeah, why would I wish you birthday uh, greetings when, when I wasn't invited to either the pizza party or the Friday night twister? Yes. I'm, you would have come all the way down. Of course I would have if I would have been Hills. invited. That's not true. From the Hollywood Hills. Yes, I'm, I'm high on my perch there atop uh, looking out over the uh, the millions of lights of L.A. I am truly the kingpin of, of Hollywood. Yes. Up in the Hollywood Hills. All right. Now, listen, there's a lot to talk about. Black ties there behind the glass there. Do you wish to say happy birthday to Adam Rank? If I have to, sure. Oh, Let's just Why? move on. Why? Let's well, move I'm on. just playing. I told him happy birthday <laughs> yesterday did. already. And so, but now that we have Svelte Rank, the man who's you know you took you you've taken off, you've lost 95 pounds so far. <laughs> is that what it is? You're something, halfway home. Something like that. 
Do, are you able to eat pie or cake or anything? I'm able to, yeah. I know you're able. I'm sure you you can masticate food in your mouth. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm not worried about that. But did you, boy? You know, did it's, you? it's funny because the uh, the neighbor kids baked a cake, and this is one time I was like, you know what? Yes, if the kids next door bake a cake for me, of course I'm going to eat it. They all pass it out. I didn't get a bite. I didn't get a slice. <laughs> Perfect. All right, listen. It's also the holiday season, you may have heard, and in fact, the Hanukkah edition of the Shame Report is soon to be available or is already available at NFL.com. Be on the lookout for that one. Hanukkah, because I shine the white hot light of shame on eight shameful deeds rather than the standard five. <laughs> Very nice. That's how, that's how I I can't it. wait. Yes. So, now, we also, here's something else I want to talk about. Let's talk, though, about what happened on Monday night. Okay. We have we have AJ Hawk coming up, one of our favorites. That's a mm-hmm. Christmas treat yes. for you and for the rest of us. That's a birthday treat, really, Rank. Um, and uh, so we'll, we'll talk with him. Also, our pal, really a QB guru here at Move the Sticks, Daniel Jeremiah, our colleague here at NFL.com and NFL Network, one of our favorites uh, who comes on uh, comes here on the uh, DDFP program, but. What about Monday night? What did we learn? Are the Patriots now? Are we? Is it that time of year? It seems like this happens every single December, and yet the Patriots have not won a Super Bowl in eight years. What's different this time, Rank? Do we now feel like, based on what you see, them, them whip the Houston Texans? Mm-hmm. Do we now say, of course it's the Patriots? Yeah, I think you really have to. And where the Patriots are really strong is in their front seven. Did a great job of holding Arian Foster in check so that offense couldn't move. It didn't evolve into the shootout that a lot of us anticipated would be because Matt Schaub has shown that when he needs to throw the ball, he really can. He, he's done it against Houston, or excuse me, he's done it against the Lions and some other teams. Against the Patriots, he wasn't able to do it. So it, to me, it, it says a lot about where the Texans aren't more so than where the Patriots are. Yeah, I think they set themselves up, you know, a twenty twenty hindsight, but that Letterman jacket thing, that's exactly what Belichick and Brady and those guys love to play off of. Mm-hmm. They love to use, like Michael Jordan, I guess he's probably the most famous example of he would use anything to inspire a performance, and it seems like that Letterman jacket, you're going to roll into our joint like you're the kingpins? No, we'll, yes. we'll teach you a lesson. We'll put you in your place. So what do you think then? Do you now feel like I had preseason, I had Packers, Texans, and I have been able to stand by that all season long. But and even when the Packers obliterated the Texans, I still wasn't overly concerned. Right now, with Matt Schaub, can he be the man to win a Super Bowl? That to me has been the one question mark. Can Matt Schaub not get to a Super Bowl? Can that guy now that we look at this team? Can that guy? Can that team actually win the Super Bowl this year? I don't see it with him, and that, it's one of those things that last year Matt Schaub really did miss out on that abbreviated playoff run that they had where T.J. Yates was in there guiding the team. If Matt Schaub could have gone in and gone into the playoff pressure and seen what it was all about and then come back this season as a veteran and said, you know what, I know what I need to do, I know where I need to be now as a, as a quarterback, that would have been very beneficial. But it seems like he's behind the eight ball. He doesn't inspire confidence. I've 
I haven't had this little faith and a confidence in a quarterback going into a Super Bowl run since Dieter Brock was the quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams. I set you up for that. Adam. You did. I want you to know that I, I wanted you to, to have that it. on your birthday. I, I wanted you to, to have the Dieter Brock drop here on the Dave Damashek football program. Rank. I didn't want to, but I felt I owed it to you to take. I'm like, I guess he did. I could see you leading me. And I'm it's like, almost like this. Uh, we do it. We see who can get the first Dieter Brock reference in each podcast. I feel though that this was a little bit like Matt Flynn throwing into the end zone mm-hmm. late in the fourth quarter against the Cardinals. Now, now you're just rubbing it in. Yes. You've now expanded your overall lead to 11, I believe, over Damashek. All right, listen. We have a lot to kibitz about here. We're going to hear from A.J. Hawk about the uh, about the Packers in a little bit. Um, I do oh, One thing uh, Black Tie is whispering in my ear, as I say here. Black Tie, instead of saying into my ear, why don't you just come onto the show and actually say something? You want to mention something that started here on this program inside out we started bringing in it's a you know the it, we you know rank and i we're common men we we weren't in nfl locker rooms i mean we've been in them but we didn't put the pads on and then go out and play in the uniform so we brought in akbar baja Biamilla, who by the way i just destroyed in our fantasy football playoffs neither here nor there because this isn't fantasy we talk about what actually happens in those way, nfl lo- sack you he says I don't care. Listen, he can't hit what he can't catch, so good <laughs> luck. And, and by the way, also, if he sacks me, he'll, uh, it'll be the first sack of his NFL career. Anyway, listen, so we're going to do Inside Out. We're going to put it on the video, and uh, so we're going to do that. So be on the lookout for that on NFL.com. I don't know when it's going up. Black tie, when's that going to be up? What do, why do I have to promote something that we don't even know when it's going to be done? It should be done. It will be done by Thursday. In the second and you're episode. the one, and you're the one producing it and editing it. Producing, yes. Great. So look for look for it sometime uh, around St. Patrick's Day, 2013. <laughs> all right. So now, listen. no, no, no. In all seriousness, first first episode will be shot tomorrow, and it's going to be on the podcast. Oh, on tomorrow. Thursday. So p- podcast people listen to podcasts. Who knows when? So tomorrow on Wednesday. <laughs> it's going to be shot on Wednesday. We're filming here on Tuesday. It's going to be shot on Wednesday. Should be on the Thursday episode, and also a video portion should be on NFL.com. Oh, actually, well. and we're going to play some back here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, so audio and video. Yep. And Akbar is doing a written piece associated with it. Yep. Wow, how about that? Interesting. All right, speaking of written stuff, we will do uh, – we, we got a guy who writes uh, some stuff here, and then we got A.J. Hawk coming up, so make sure you stick around for that. Right now, though, let's get to our pal Daniel Jeremiah. All right, here he is, Rank. One of the recent, probably the most recent breakout star here on the Dave Damashek football program also has uh, has earned his keep here at the NFL Network and NFL.com with his terrific work all season long, making pages as well as sitting in on the Thursday night football broadcast along with our pals Matt Money-Smith and Elliot Harrison. It's Daniel Jeremiah. What's the poop, fella? I'm just, uh, I'm just excited to be joining an award-winning podcast this week oh that's right oh, yes that's that, that's you. where you are that's thank exactly you. where you are right now we're, we're award winners stitcher award best sports show thanks for that uh, jeremiah you oh, contributed well deserved. well deserved man yeah listen i don't know when the trophy shows up but i assume we all get one and uh and you know you're Should you're be showing up this week really it's yes. a, we get there a, trophy? a real trophy? Trophy? Real trophy yes and is uh the ddfp Image has a nice little badge on the side. <laughs> wow, yes. this is, is awesome. Right? Commentary. Is that yes. on iTunes? It's like that? Yep. 
Are we going to create a mantle to put all of our awards? I, I want it to go all the well, way around first, Studio first 66. One, the first one is coming to my desk, but, yeah. We can talk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, of course, that's where it belongs, of course. Jeez. All right, listen, Jeremiah, we have football to kibitz about. Quickly, though, you're an Appalachian State graduate, so I must bring this up to you. Have you seen the free throw seen around the world, the worst free throw in history shot by an Appalachian State guy a couple days ago? Yes. Yeah, first of all, it's Appalachian. Come uh. on, let's get, the, let's get the name right. Here. <laughs> Second of all, I actually talked my buddy when I played there. Uh, the guy that was the SID is still there, and I talked to him this morning about something else, and he brought up the free throw. I had already seen it. He said it, it within two days. It had 5.8 million hits, and wow. they actually they actually had Good Morning America call and try and get the kids to come on the show, but they're in the middle of finals week, so they had to they had to turn them down. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the big news that. We, we, we don't necessarily make news for all the right reasons. Pretty grim. Are there any Daniel Jeremiah quarterback at Appalachian State? Was that right, Appalachian? Yeah. Appalachian, like a latch. Appalachian. You know, the Appalachian Mountains are right near where I grew up, so I don't know why. I, Appalachian is what I thought how we said. Uh, that's right. You'll get there. You'll all right. There. But can we find that Jeremiah? Is... You were under center there when uh, yeah. you were matriculating. Can we find those on YouTube, and how many hits do those Ooh. have? Ooh, you could probably find a like a, a four turnover game against Western Carolina that would probably be good for a few laughs along the way. Sure. Well, when you guys play Western Carolina, you throw out the records. Of course. Oh yeah. Oh come on. I mean, we, we to be honest with you, we had lost, we had won thirteen games in, in a row against them, and then I had just the absolute turnover fest, and we lost. So yeah, I take all the blame there. That could be fun to dig up some old clips of him uh, when he was uh, an undergraduate. Well, how, about That's... how about this? Tying tying my little feeble college career together with the NFL Network. You know, he used to broadcast my games on Fox Sports South, Jamie Dukes. Wow. wow. Interesting. Old That's school. neat. Wow. What, what, what was Dukes doing, slumming it, doing those games? Goes from <laughs> goes from Atlanta Falcons O-line to doing I, Appalachian State oh, games? Oh, Appalachian Furman on a Saturday afternoon. It doesn't get any bigger than that, Dave. We, we, need, we need to find some footage of Dukes being real critical of Daniel and then <laughs> confront him with it. This is going to be a fun Christmas break project for you and me, right? Yes. All right. Let's talk about football now, Jeremiah. Pro football style. And, I'm, I, and I don't know where to begin. Let's, I guess, go with... Baltimore. I've been. You used to be a part of the organization there with personnel. They they boot Cam Cameron. To me, it seems like they should have done that literally a, a season and a half ago. Not being glib, it seems like he just was really uh, a detriment to that offense and to Ray Rice and everything else. But do you anticipate this late in the year? What does that mean for Flacco specifically? That all of a sudden now you say, yeah, Jim Caldwell's the man. Listen to him. How does this play out now over the final three weeks of the season? It's definitely interesting timing. I don't know that I can recall a team with that record in that position ever making this move this late in the season. It's very unique. So how it's going to play out, I think everybody's just guessing. But the thing I do know uh, is that Flacco has an excellent relationship with Caldwell. There was a lot of reports in the past that he didn't uh, necessarily have the best relationship with Cam Cameron. Uh, so I think that will, from a working relationship, it will probably be a better experience there. But, you know, some of the issues they have, I don't know that a change in coach is really going to solve anything number one joe flacco's pocket awareness is so poor mm-hmm. uh, i mean it seems like every week he has a costly sack fumble and this is not this is not somebody getting beat clean right off the snap this is him holding the ball in the pocket not feeling the rush exposing the football and turning it over that that's something that's hard to coach into somebody you kind of have that clock or you don't so that that's something i don't know they're going to get better i mean the guy's thrown for under 200 yards in five of his last seven games 
So you don't necessarily have a hot quarterback coming down the stretch. And I do think just looking at him with the naked eye, he seems like Flacco, and that's, the I, I suppose, the enticing thing about it. He can get the ball downfield. I would say he's in the top three or four. Oh, yeah. QBs in the entire league throwing the ball downfield. That's probably where he gets the high opinion of himself, right? No, he's got a huge, huge arm. But I, I like it. I like their offense better when it runs through Ray Rice, and then they use a play action to really push the ball downfield. That's what he does. But when you know you're dropping back forty times a game, I just don't think that's that's really in his strength. Well, do you anticipate? Are you an optimist or a pessimist then about what's going to happen with the Ravens? I think everybody now has boiled the AFC down to the Patriots, Broncos, and you know, depending on what uh, how much you take away from Monday night's blowout, maybe the Texans still you know they could still wind up and should probably still wind up with one of those top two seats. Everybody has now said, well, the Ravens are going to be you know someone's punching bag in 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 the first playoff game. Do you think the Ravens can turn this thing around with this? weird circumstance yeah they, they the problem is the schedule they've got to play they still got to play both manning brothers over the next two weeks and then they close up shop at cincinnati so i mean we're going to find out real quick if they can recover from the charlie batch uh the charlie batch rg3 uh debacles they've had the last couple weeks so uh, we'll find out right away I, i'm not i'm not ready to totally bury them and say they don't have a chance i mean if they're home in the first round of the playoffs, playing against the Colts, you know, that's a young team in their first playoff game on the road. I think you still have to like the Ravens in that game. Is Jim Caldwell the long-term solution and offensive coordinator for the Ravens? Because I feel that their number one priority in the offseason, should North Turner not last as the San Diego Chargers head coach, is that they go out and get North Turner as their offensive coordinator. That, to me, seems like the best way to get them back on track. It's the same same, same offense. Too. I mean, it's, a, it's going to be similar in terminology. You know, Cam Cameron, North Turner kind of have the same background, so it wouldn't be that drastic of a change. You would just get a better play caller, you know, which I think most people would agree. The ironic thing is I live out here, you know, I'm out here just an hour from San Diego, and and there's so much hatred towards North, North Turner, and all I do every day is field phone calls from teams saying, man, you think we can get North Turner as our offensive coordinator next year? Hmm. I mean, he, as, much, as much hate as he receives as a head coach, He's going to be very highly sought after as a coordinator after the season. Well, he's mismatched. As if you put Tom Brady at defensive tackle and the Patriots were going to cut him, everybody would want to pick him up as their quarterback, not defensive tackle. So it makes sense that North Turner is a great offensive coordinator, not a good head coach, in the same way that Wade Phillips is a great defensive coordinator and not a good head coach. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that makes sense. The interesting, the interesting theory I've heard paired out there is you know, it could be almost kind of a package deal this offseason. If you're a team that has a struggling offense and doesn't have a quarterback, Alex Smith and North Turner have a fantastic relationship from their one year. I think it was just one year they had in San Francisco. Alex actually played pretty well that year. So that could be a pairing. You know, if you need a quarterback, you need a coordinator, you bring those two guys in and, and you, you maybe have something. Hmm, interesting. All right, Jeremiah, I made mention of the Monday night debacle there, at least for the from the Tex- Texans' perspective. Do you Did you see anything in that game? And by the way, they also got blown out on uh, on uh, the big stage. Is there any concern now Matt Schaub this deep into his career isn't ready for the big games or, or is never going to be ready. You know, he doesn't have the, the proper mentality or whatever it takes to win in the big moments. Uh, you know, they didn't score a lot of points in their win against Chicago on the road, but it was a bad weather game, and he made a couple throws in that game, and they picked up a big road win there. So, you know, I, I think he's proven he can do that. Last night was a tough one. 
the thing that discouraged me about the Texans more than anything else is I just didn't see a lot of fight. I mean, it sounds kind of corny, but I just didn't see it, the intensity kind of ramped up that needs to be to match in that game. And, I, and, and tell me if I'm the only one that thought this, but when, when Tom Brady had that five-yard run and did the over-the-top obnoxious first down, some, you know, strut, I, I, I kind of wanted one of the Texans defenders to come over there and get in his face a little bit and say something. You know, don't show us up like that. I completely I just, agree. I, but, I, you know, the thing with the Patriots is, and, I, you know, I've seen this same phenomenon play out too many times for my taste as a guy who's rooted for the Steelers in big games, in postseason games in January. Mm-hmm. I think coaches make a mistake, generally speaking, by by getting their team amped up to try and, you know, uh, Lombardi, to try and, uh, you know, Newt Rockney their team and get there. This is a huge game for us. Belichick clearly... His mentality is, hey, just take care of your job. You know, it's no fun. It's not from a fan's perspective. There's not a whole lot of rah-rah. It's just very go to work, take care of business. And then at the end, when the game's went out of reach, that's when the histrionics start for, you know, Tom Brady's big spikes and his first down stuff and Rodney Harrison, you know, a few years ago. That's when they start the dancing and everything. But uh do you imagine, you know, as a former player, a guy who's been around these guys, is it better to have that Belichick mentality? I guess the results speak for themselves. Well, you know, I think obviously you have the results speak for themselves, but I was talking to somebody about this last night. I think there's a lot of teams, and you can you can talk it tough, but I think there's a lot of teams that are intimidated and they're kind of they kind of soften up against that team. So I don't think they get I don't think they get amped up enough. I don't think they're. I look at the teams that give them trouble. You know, they haven't won all these games, but the Ravens always give that offense fits. Mm-hmm. And there's no intimidation. They're not scared of Tom Brady. There's no intimidation there with the Ravens going there. And the other team is the Giants. The Giants beat them in two Super Bowls, and they, they kind of bully They kind of bully the Patriots around. I, I just, for as physical as the Texans you know, have the potential of being, I, I didn't think they played the role of bully very well last night. Last question for you then, Jeremiah. I loved uh, you were on with us a few weeks ago. You said Andrew Luck had been worth four wins to the Colts. Among these QBs, these rookie QBs, mm-hmm. RG3 um, and Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck, who then, I guess, who's been worth the most wins, if you can quantify it that way? Who's meant the most to his respective team? That's a great question. They've all, they've all done a fantastic job. I, I think I still would probably say Andrew Luck because – because of what all he has around him and all the rookies that they have playing those roles. I, I still think he's probably meant more to his team. But, I mean, those other two guys have been fantastic. I, I would probably go Luck, RG3, and then Wilson. Although, you know, But, hey, they've all, they've all added wins to their team, no question. And what about if it is Kirk Cousins this week? Have you ever scouted him at all? Yeah. What's, what's your uh, book on him? Kirk, I gave him a, I want to say I gave him a fourth-round grade. Uh, he's got all the tools. He's a good athlete. He's got a strong arm. Um, he can get, he'll force balls into coverage a little bit. He needs to be a little more judicious with the football, but, uh, he's a good leader. He's very smart. I, I think you can kind of give him a, you know, they don't get many reps during the week as a backup, but I think he's the type of kid, if you just give him a week's worth of work, uh, he'll put, he'll put forth a good effort. Daniel Jeremiah, always a delight to fought, to speak with him and always follow him on Twitter. Do yourselves a favor if you're football fans, make sure you follow him 
at Move the Sticks on Twitter. Jeremiah Re- Lessing and Rank and everybody else within the sound of my voice. I sat on my couch on Sunday, and when they were going for that two-point conversion, the Redskins against the Ravens, I, sa- I-, I yelled at the TV, clearly it's a QB draw here. And everybody the rest of the night, oh, I what, a, what an unbelievable play call that was. <laughs> How didn't everybody see that? They're going to they're gonna ask this kid who's, who's cold off the bench, yeah, go in there, throw another one. To, uh, you know, we, we got, just got away with you throwing that beautiful ball for the touchdown. Yeah, do it again now. Of course, they were going to run a QB draw there, right? No, yeah, no, it made a lot of sense. It was, uh, it might have been an obvious call, but it was the right call. It still worked, obviously. All right. Well, see, I would have called. If I were the defensive coordinator, history would be quite different today. Probably Cam Cameron, literally Cam Cameron probably still has his job if Dave Damashek is the Ravens' defensive coordinator. But anyway, listen, that's not the way it is. If some buts, Dave, if some buts. Mm-hmm. All right, listen, Jeremiah, enjoy your last Thursday night football broadcast with the fellas, and uh, now that you'll have a little more free time, enough already. Get in here to Studio 66 and pay us an in-person visit, would you? It's coming, it's coming, Dave, I promise. Oh, I can't wait. I, you know what else I want? I've already told him. I've I put in the request to to the uh, to the people who book these things at the Super Bowl. My dream is I want to stay in a room at the Super Bowl in New Orleans with Handsome Hank and Daniel Jeremiah. Can you imagine what? Oh my goodness, what a great time that would be! Pop, pop bump, Dave. Pop bump. <laughs> oh, Dave, did you know he was still on the line while you were saying that? <laughs> I did. I don't oh, care. Okay. I told him to his face. He didn't <laughs> seem as enthused. I don't care. All right, Jeremiah. We'll talk to you uh, very soon. All right, you wait. Take care. Dave. Dave. There he goes, yeah. the great uh, Daniel Jeremiah, a.k.a. at Move the Sticks. He has a lot of good stats. Like he said, the uh, Arizona Cardinals over the last four games have scored three touchdowns for their team and given up four touchdowns <laughs> to opposing defenses. Now, Rank, you're, you are finally off of the Cardinals as a possible playoff team. What do you here. mean? You're done with them? You're willing they're, to concede that they may eliminated. not make it now? They're eliminated. All right. Of course. All right. What could because you were standing by them? That's I right. was. I stand by teams that I kind of pull for. All right. But no, you were continuing to West try Coast to make guy. a case. No. They might be all right. They, Who do you uh, hope coaches wonder, them is my question to you. Yeah, Wisenhunt can't come back, which is There's too no bad. way I like he can him. come back. I wonder. You know what? It's it's interesting. He was talking about that package deal. It. it I wonder if they would just, because the Cardinals are notoriously cheap, they just take Ray Horton and just say, you know what, you're the head coach now. He was running the defense. The team, the defense obviously likes him and respects him. Like, okay, you run it. Here comes North Turner as your offensive coordinator. Alex Smith is your quarterback. This is what we're going with next year. They seem to do. The Cardinals, obviously, over the last decade or thereabouts, have made a lot of those moves where they get guys at the tail end of their career. Emmett Smith. Kurt Warner almost fits that, too. Really, I mean, I guess he did finish his career there. But he was the only successful guy. Who are the guys who flamed out when they went to Arizona? Pretty much everybody else. Joey Porter, Edge James. Joey Porter, right. Edge James. Okay. Uh, You know, I said it before. What if they could go get Chip Kelly? It's the right region of the country, in a Mm -hmm. dome. Then you bring in Mike Vick, short-term solution, tail end of his career. Or do they go get Todd Haley, the guy who was the OC there in their Super Bowl year. Then he goes to KC, has mixed results, and then goes to Pittsburgh. And this has been probably you would look at it as a successful year if it weren't for the Roethlisberger injury. I could see Mm -hmm. them saying, let's bring him back as a head coach. And he certainly would jump at that. Right? I would would say so. I think that's the way it's going to shake out if it's not Chip Kelly. All right. I would like to know, though, Rank, when are you and me getting our crack on Thursday Night Football? When's it our time? When's it our turn already? 
Well, how, the, how do we not just have an, a, a different – I guess they already have, like, different shows for that, but we don't get to go on that. I know. It's, it's a companion piece, and now you only have one more opportunity to watch it this season. Not even a walk-on. I know. Well, no, you know what I did, for the record? I did do a sideline report from Atlanta a couple Thursday nights ago. I was out mm-hmm. there for the uh, NFL Fans Ultimate Road Trip, the Cars.com piece, which is coming to the end of the road here for this season. Oh, look for that also on NFL.com. There's a lot to promote. Black tie. Don't give me the stink eye on that one. Why? Because you had nothing to do with that one. You don't care if I promote it? All right, listen. He's a big-time producer now. I did do a hit, though, from the sideline with mm-hmm. the help of sideline reporter uh, extraordinaire Rebecca Harlow. I right. did I did do one. But uh, I, have you ever done one of those things? No. That'd be a fun gig. I could see doing that. That'd be a fun job. Why it always has to be, uh, you know, they, they, they could put a couple of schlubs like you and me doing it. Well, if Tony Saragusa. That's true. That's right. He already greased the skids for us. All right, here's something I want to do, Rank. With the holidays fast approaching. A quick idea. I did this on the radio about five, six years ago. Got a big response. The 12 days of pigskin. Let's do this. I open it up to you, the Czech Republic and the rank amateurs. Oh, and Black Tie's uh, fan base. I thought of this. I don't know why this didn't occur to me uh, immediately. I don't know that you actually have any fans, Black Tie, but if you want to be a part of the Black Tie fan club, I think they the, the name for them is cl- clearly the Black Sheep. The Black Sheep. Right? Are you are you are you a not black a sheep? Huh? Not a fan, no, I don't care fan. if you're a fan. Not what what do you about mean? the pyres? That wouldn't work. The what? Pyres. What does that mean? Fire black time. <laughs> Why do you like the black, black sheep? Ties. That's awesome. That means they're your followers. That's cool. I like that. Did you not see the guy on Twitter who said uh, black tie fighters? Oh, that's As interesting. An ironic too. homage to someone to who's never unwillingness seen. to see the. Uh, Ooh, the time is fast approaching. I am going to be uh, sitting in on the Adam Carolla podcast in a matter of hours to talk. So that didn't one. happen already? No. Okay, because I was, I was afraid you were going to give Mark Hamill sick last week. Guys, not to derail the conversation, but the Saints. But you're got, derailing it. I, yeah, whatever. The Saints had the suspensions vacated, and Drew Brees just tweeted out, Congratulations. Unfortunately, there are some things that cannot be taken back. He's not talking about his picks, though. Wow. <laughs> big news. It's, it is now 1030 a.m. local time here in Los Angeles on Tuesday. So the Saints, so they've been vacated, meaning that the so they've been rescinded. So whatever fines they paid, they get that money back. But the team's never going to get those games back. He's no. right, Drew Brees. Wow. What is the they schedule? They should just restart. Let's How'd they start the season? 0-4, 0-5? They were 0-4, then 2-4, then 2-5. And, five, and they once lost. they got to there, they were pretty in some legitimate jeopardy there. Wonder how different they started 0-4. Now, let's say that they... They lose at home. Their first game of the season is two RG3 in the Redskins. Yes. That one I could see going the Saints' way if this wasn't. They win that game. You, they win. You got to imagine. Is Sean Payton coming back? Does that, is he recused from everything? Oh, yeah. Black tie? Is Sean Payton so he can go back on the sidelines immediately? TBD. TBD. We'll oh, that's TBD. Yeah. So they lose to the I would Redskins? I not, but we'll see. Their first three games, Redskins, Panthers, Chiefs. Uh, the 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 most conservative estimate two and one, I say three and zero. Oh. You're absolutely right. They lost to the Chiefs for goodness sakes, and they lost at Carolina. They wouldn't lose to Carolina there. They definitely don't lose that game, right? 
two and one at the ver- at the bare minimum. That makes them seven and six. They're still not. I mean, they have lost their last three games. But again, that's the season's already spiraling out of control. Yeah, probably. You true. don't have your head coach, which it's it looks pretty clear that Sean Payton might have mattered. Wow, that's cool season. What if? I mean, this might be a great uh, NFL. My alternate universe. It does what if say the Saints... all player discipline, so I'm guessing the coaches are still suspended. That probably is true, but I, well, I, mean, I think the stable. I, I think the players being there would would have stabilized things early on. Wow, that's big news. Real quick, though, I do want to talk. I about got an some... NFL for you. You do? I don't know if you could do this one though. Lay Al on Davis, fascinated with speed and everything, right? If he is still with us, the Carson Palmer trade does not go down, right? How much do you think he would have traded to the St. Louis FC to get RG3 after his combine time came out? Wow. That's a great one. Big arm. Big arm. Mm-hmm. Fast is all get out. How much do you think? I think Al, and Al Davis getting older going like, I don't, I don't care if I mortgage the future for this. RG3 is a Raider. There's Very a, there's interesting. An, there's another, an NFL. Another big what if there is the Rams. Why not seeing how good RG3 is now? Like, Trade bench Sam Bradford and just trade him. Like, well, I will I, say about the Rams though. This year, I tweeted this the other day. I sort of was looking at it, you know, early in this. I mean, in August, I said, "I bet you the Rams are better than we expect them to be this year," and um, they are six six and one. And if you consider, they should have won that game against the Niners. Mm-hmm. The first one in the stick. They should have won that one that wound up a tie. That would make yes. them seven and six, and that alone makes them a playoff eligible team, or makes them a team that's in the playoff fight right now at the right. very least. Also, they should have won that game in week one against Detroit. And they they Zerline missed field goals or missed a field goal at the end against the Dolphins, I mean, just one more win than what they have. They'd be seven and six. That team's yes. actually not so bad. So I don't know that That's... I agree with you about the Sam Bradford thing. But what? Come on, be serious though. Would they rather? Have... Yeah, team... I'm just saying that that Rams team is not a bad team. If if they... they're See, not bad, is... they're seven of their six six and one. If they, I'm not upset about this right now because I really don't care. But if that team relocates to Los Angeles and you're like, wait, we would have had RG three with this team. Uh, what what a great way to start off a new tradition here. Here's another tradition I'd like to start, Rank. I think it would be nice for everybody here at NFL Network and NFL.com. I just came up with this idea last night, and I think we should get everybody to do it, from, from Rich Eisen to Primetime Sanders on down to the lowly likes of you and me. I think we should do a variation on 12 Days of Christmas mm-hmm. and instead do 12 Days of Pigskin. Okay. And everybody, I, I've scratched out some words here, and I encourage you, the Czech Republic. I encourage the rank amateurs. I even encourage the Black Ties fan base. I think, uh, you know. Black Tie Fighters. Black Tie Fighters. I like that. I, I think Black Sheep is pretty good. We should put that to a vote. There. Yeah, let's just have them vote it out. The Black Sheep, his fan base, but it's a non-existent one, so it's really a moot discussion. But anyway, so 12 days of pigskin. We want you to tweet us. Who should they tweet? Me, Black Tie, you think? Sure. All tweet right, you I... with the hashtag DDFP. Good idea. Hashtag DDFP at Damashek, or you can hit up Rank, and or you can hit up Rank at Adam Rank, and uh, let us know what you think. 12 Days of Pigskin. We'll get everybody to participate here, Rank. Uh, here's what I have. Adrian Peterson's knee. Well, I don't want to let it all go. Okay. 
Which ones do you think of? I, I've shared the lyrics with you. Do you have any yep. punch-up you'd like to offer here real quick? I feel like we could use some better ones. And these are obviously NFL football-related, like I have at number three. Three RGs. Da-da-da-da. You understand what I'm looking for. Three. Three da-da hens or whatever the real one is. Instead, I'm going three RGs. We need. I'd like a better. I'd like a good one for five, because five golden rings seems like there should be a good one there. I think six we could do better. I don't want to say which ones I have here. Yes. I don't want to share them. So tweet us what you think about that. An easy one is like at, for number twelve. Twelfth man cheering for Seahawks. You see. Wait, don't Get, the Packers have twelve NFL titles? But this is specific, you know. I, I feel like this is – no, you don't like that one? That's okay. No, that one's good. Because I would say to seven, at number seven, there's a team that's won seven Super Bowls. Oh. Seven Super Seven Lombard – seven black and gold Lombardies. Something yeah, like I gotta that. i got to go through the words. All right. Well, the, you figure it out. No, you I like come it. up with yours. There's a lot of good ones. I'll come up with mine. And you, the Czech Republic and rank amateurs and black sheep slash black tie fighters, whatever you want to call yourselves, that'll be fun, right, black tie? You have any you want to offer up here? Um, not right now, but I see where you're going. I'll have to think about it. Do you like the idea? Do you find it cute? Uh, it's sort of cliche, but Cliche? Well, how many times have you heard it? Can I give my shout-out now? Please, give your shout-out. It's time for Black Tie Shoutouts. I like to give a shout-out to. Give a shout-out to. I just want to give a shout-out to you. Zeus and Sessler are usually on Tuesday show. Not around right now because, as you heard, the breaking news, Saints, Bounty, they're working. They're working That's hard, why they didn't men. show up here in 66. That's why they didn't show up. That's why I Hank see now sh- where we stand. That's why Hank didn't show up neither. They got work to do. Wow. All right, now, All right fine. Now I know where we stand on the pecking order. That's fine. I right. won't forget this. <laughs> cool. Quick shout-out, though. Shout-out this week goes to Doorman, and I have a couple of reasons for this. Obviously, being a doorman is a very redundant job. You just open doors, especially with people you don't like at workplaces and you know, you, you see people coming in with their, uh, you know, maybe doing some up to no good and you, oh, you can't say anything or do anything. <laughs> Who's up to no good? So, hey, if you work at a hotel or, you know. Oh, you escorting in exactly. a lady of the night. Exactly. Something like that. Uh, but most importantly, the reason I'm giving a shout out to Doorman is because of they do a great job at doing their job. Regular people do terrible jobs at holding doors. Like, I don't know about you, but I hate at work when people <laughs> hold doors for you. It's like. Because the person holding the door has to wait like five, ten seconds, and the person going into the door has feels the need to run through the door because they don't want to keep the person holding the door waiting. Mm-hmm. And it's just everybody does. Awkward... You know what I don't like? I've spoken out against this in the past. It's that phony jog. You're yeah, not really you're not running, really... but you pick your arms up like you're pretending to run yeah. to the door to patronize the person who's holding the exactly. door. People do that in the crosswalk all the time, too. It I don't is... like it either way. Don't play games with me. You're patronizing me. I'm holding the door. Just get through it, bub, without all the histrionics. Here's my suggestion. No one help anyone else open doors. Just just close. Just, what? Just just move. Just keep. Just keep it going at the workplace. Anyway, don't hold the door. Before. Don't make. Don't make me have to try to act like I'm running to. You know. To, <laughs> don't do make me do it. that. Yeah, that's that's my shout. Out I don't this week think I. Doorman. I well. I, listen. First of all, 
So you think that it really requires a professional yes. to do the deed of opening yeah, the door? Because, because if it, it's a professional, you don't run. They know it's how like, to do it. They know how to do it. You don't you don't look at them and feel <laughs> like, oh, man, I'm wasting this person's time holding the door for me. So you walk through at your own pace. <laughs> That's skilled labor. And, so, and plus, they don't open the door until you get there. There's a, there's a certain time. In the only you know? thing I don't care for is, again, more of this overly polite. That's really what ails our society in some occasions. I is that that thing of like no you go no 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 I'm open holding the door for you really okay thanks oh wow thank you so much that exchange with strangers I don't need you know everywhere I go though oh wow thank you very much not for holding exactly. the door not elevator door all right that, I'm holding the door it's I'm not, not uh, to Mother the Teresa small talk and everything that goes on with that it's just uh, I I listen I hear I where you're coming from that. I do I don't want to do away with the decency I think that we could stop what we need to cut out is the nonsense that is the nonsense of the fake jog and they oh you're holding that for me no you go ahead no you go ahead here's you know i had this uh yesterday i was pulling my car in or i was i'm sorry i was trying to find a parking space and i thought the guy was getting was pulling out he was in his trunk and i couldn't tell if he was you know about to leave or if he was just showing up and getting something out of the trunk that move and so i through, uh, you know, with, with hand signals, I don't have my window down. I give him the, like, you coming out move, pointing, you know. And he goes, what? what? I, uh, and I said, are you coming out? I'm, you know, I'm gesturing wildly. Are you getting out of that space? And he goes, I don't know what you're saying. So then I have to roll my window down. I was asking if you're coming out of the space. And I knew there was, it was probably 20% that he was coming out anyway. But now I have to roll my window down. Are you coming out? Oh, no, I'm not coming out. Was, Thanks a lot, jerko. And then, then I have to drive away. That's, you know what? That's 32 seconds of my life. I'm never getting back. That's gone. Same as anyone who's listening to this podcast is never getting the two-minute explanation on said 32 seconds is never getting that time back. It's a vicious circle. All right. Enough. Fine, Black Tie. I mean, I don't know if I agree with some of the stuff you said, but you, you, you stirred up some stuff in me, so I guess it works. All right. Let's wrap the show up properly here. Rank. It only makes sense. You're mm-hmm. the birthday boy. Plus, you were the first guy to yap with A.J. Hawk. You you kibitzed. You found you park your cars in the same garage on many an issue, an important issue, ma- mainly movies, TV, so on and so forth. I say the Dave Damashek football program, episode number 113, is hereby over. I want to turn it over to you. We'll be back with another episode later in the week, Thursday. Be on the lookout for that. We'll talk with the Around the League boys, Handsome Hank, and everybody else there, I'm sure. I think also Sean Phillips of the Chargers, who can come out here and brag about uh, beating the junk out of the Steelers. Oh, we didn't get to talk about that. We'll do it. I just said we'll do it. Well, There'll be plenty of time for you to gloat and you and Sean Phillips to give each other high fives over the phone line. We will. I'm sick about it. Right now, though. It's your birthday, A.J. Hawks, your main man from the Green Bay Packers, team riding high now. Let's end the Dave Damashek football program, and now let's start your podcast. The Adam Rank Gridiron Podcast for Kids. Yep, so DDFP is over, and it's been a thin slice of heaven. Thank you, Dave, and welcome to episode number 
I don't even know how many, six, seven, whatever. It's the Adam Rank Gridiron Podcast for Kids. And joining us on the phone right now, fresh off a win over the Detroit Lions on Sunday Night Football, friend of the program, Mr. A.J. Hawk. A.J., how's it going, man? Not too much. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's always a pleasure. The fans love it when you come on. Now, we had a big Monday night game in, like, the first time forever. To the to the players, what's what's a bigger deal now? Is it the Sunday night game or is it the Monday night game? Um, I mean, I think they both feel pretty similar, you know, the atmosphere around, you know, surrounding those games, Sunday or Monday. But um, I don't know. I mean, Monday is obviously a little bit different since you're the, the only two teams playing that day, mm-hmm. uh, you know, playing waiting around all day and you play at night and no other, there's no other games going on that day. So it's kind of more, I guess, anticipated. But uh, either way, you know, you can't really go wrong. They're both great stages to be on. Mm-hmm. What about the Thursday night game? Is that a good one, too? Yeah, it's a little bit different. You know, Thursday is obviously kind of unique to us. We've just started doing it the last couple of years. So it definitely changes your week up a little bit and how you, how you practice and how you prepare. But it's kind of nice because if you can go out there and get a, a big win on Thursday night, you usually get the weekend off to kind of relax and, and to, to regroup for the following week. Is there a pecking order of, like, which ones you guys prefer? Because it seems like Thursday's pretty cool for the reason you just said. You win and you've got a, a whole weekend to almost celebrate. Yeah, I don't know if there's a pecking order. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a, trying to be a corporate man. You know, I can't sit there with the NFL Network taking care of those Thursday night games. I can't sit here and put them second or third in line for the pecking order, you know. So either way, no matter what one you have, if you're playing a primetime game, and those are all primetime Thursday, Thursday, Sunday, or Monday, those are, uh, those are all good to be a part of. See, I was trying to set you up there to give you the assist so you could say it was the Thursday night game. You know, we got to think about, you know, after your playing days when you'll be joining. Maybe maybe we colleagues one day, so that would be cool. One of the things, though, that they said on Sunday night, which I found was, was pretty interesting, is that they were mentioning that nowadays it seems like the Lions are your bigger rival. Your Excuse me, your biggest rival. Uh, a couple of guys on your team had said that. Do you feel that way with the style of play that the Lions are the team that's the most, the toughest for you guys to play? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. I, I can't really pin it down to one team, honestly. I mean, because look at our our game the week before where we played the Vikings. Adrian Peterson ran for over two hundred on us. So I think our whole division is it's pretty uh, it's a pretty physical division and a fun game to be a part of. So I don't know if I can say the Lions are number one, you know, in that you know rivalry type thing. I think they're all pretty equal to tell you the truth. Now, I mean, everyone's good in our division and everyone's. They're ready to play, and it's always going to be a physical, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a fight, and, and it always comes down to the wire. And that's kind of how uh, this, this Sunday night game was. And you mentioned Adrian Peterson. How how is it possible that he's doing? It, it seems inhuman that he's been able to not just come back from this injury, but to be this good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not sure if he is human. I mean, he's uh, he's unbelievable. I, I think he's he's a great guy that young kids should want to look up to to say, you know, Adrian was obviously born with tons of talent, tons of ability, but he's a guy, he's what happens, I think, when you have a guy with all that talent, all that ability that goes out and works hard and actually gets the most out of it and gets works to his potential. I mean, he, from, you know, Adrian came out a year after me in the draft, and, I, you know, I've been around him a decent amount of times, and from any, everyone I've ever talked to and from talking to Adrian, you can tell, He's not only a great guy, but he's working. You know, he's working every single day. And when you get a guy that's born an absolute freak, and then he's actually gonna 
you know, work harder than everybody else. But that's the kind of guy you get as a guy like Adrian. And he's, uh, I have a ton of respect for him as a person and a player. And it's, uh, it's fun to play against him. It's definitely not easy, though. <laughs> well, I don't know if fun would be the way I would describe it, but okay, I'll go. Speaking of injuries, when's our guy Clay Matthews coming back? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully he's coming back soon. I know he's been working towards it, but, um, I don't know if it's this week, next week. I don't know when it is, uh, but but we'll see. I, I know he's uh, he's been itching to get back out there. Hopefully, I think it's definitely going to be sooner rather than later. Well, I hope so. And I do. I got to. I got to ask one more question about the Sunday night game before we move on. Sunday night, we saw in the pregame warmups a couple of the Lions guys running around with their shirts off. What was? What's that all about? <laughs> I heard about that. I didn't. They were out. That's like the. They're out there early, way out when like our quarterbacks are out throwing and stuff. So I didn't see him, but our guys came back in the locker room and told me about it. And I, I heard they did the same thing the year before when we played them at the end of the season. I don't know. I guess they're just trying to prove, you know, that they're not a, you know, they're not a warm weather dome team. That they're, you know, that they're going to come out there and warm up and and show how tough they are. I don't know, but uh, they, they, I guess it helped out early on. They jumped out to a fourteen nothing lead on us, but but luckily we kind of settled in and figured it out. But I I definitely wouldn't be doing that. How did it help them out in the fourth quarter? <laughs> Yeah, it it didn't help out too much in the fourth, but you know it's you know I'm sure whoever I don't know which players are doing it. You know, they're football's an entertaining game. They're just having a good time with it, so I don't I don't have a problem with it. I, I definitely wouldn't be doing it, but uh, but yeah, it, it, more power to them. I think you're saying enough by saying I wouldn't do it. I it seems to be the it, they're trying a little too hard. I remember like in the. 85 NFC Championship game when the Rams had to go play the Bears. A couple of the Rams got off the plane in Hawaiian shirts, and you're like, you know what? It's not a good pre- – it seems funny, but it's not a good precedent to start. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's almost like what was that uh, the Miami Miami team that got off the plane in full fatigues, you know. Any, I guess players just want to, uh, you know, send a message however they can, and, and that's their, their platform. So whatever, whatever they want to do, man, that's – it's fine with me, but yeah, as long as, as long as we we got the victory, I'm okay. They can do whatever they want before the game. And I said something on Twitter today that if it's not you guys and the Patriots in the Super Bowl this year, that I want to abolish the playoffs. I want to go to a BCS type type system. As a fan, as a fan of the game, wouldn't you admit that the Patriots and the Packers—that's the game everybody wants to see, right? <laughs> I mean. I don't know. I, I you, you have, you're more, uh, you know, you have your finger on the pulse more than I do. I think with with what the fans might want, but I would say that would be a heck of a matchup. I can't imagine. Uh, I can't imagine the ratings would be hurting too bad for a Super Bowl like that. But obviously, we have a ton of work if we want to want to get there. But yeah, I mean, the Patriots. I didn't get to watch the game last night. I know they 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 won big, but uh, they they seem to find a way. They just they've been so good for so long that yeah. What, what, what a better matchup that would be than us against them. I would, I would really look forward to that. See, that's what I'm saying. Although I would, I, I, I apologize for saying this, but it seems like it, it could it could resemble an arena league score if those two offenses got together. <laughs> don't worry. I don't, I don't take offense to that as a defensive player. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Well, the yeah, big... they're, uh, they're, they're amazing. Our, obviously, their offense is super explosive just like ours. Absolutely. And I, I agree that would be the, the, the best possible game going on but we also talking about sunday night now i don't want to spoil anything for you but i know you're a big homeland guy have you been able to catch up i know you guys were playing on sunday night you were busy so have you seen the most recent episode of course yeah that was 
I, I've definitely seen the most recent. We tape it. My wife and I love watching that. So when I got home, you know, I think it was, you know, two or three in the morning when I finally got around to watching it, you know, wasn't just trying to come down, calm down from the game and wasn't able to sleep. So got to watch that Homeland episode. And I don't think it, it didn't help me sleep. I was ready for the season finale coming up next week. You're on edge, yes. And so I, I should point out to everybody right now who's listening, there's spoiler alert. We're going to talk about the episode. If you haven't seen the latest episode of Homeland, we might ruin it for you. But give us give us a quick review, AJ. What it, what uh, you said you couldn't sleep after the episode. How, how did you like it? How did you like it? Well, I like it. I've actually I've heard a lot of a lot of griping from the Homeland fans about it. They they claim that they don't like the writing or what the the spin is taking. I, I'm, I've been locked in. I love it. The only thing that bothers me, man, is I know she's a great actor, but I just can't get over Brody's daughter, how she's just pouting around and has this, this sad face all day. I'm just struggling with it, man. I can't I can't shake it. And I, I know she's acting. I know that's not her in real life, but gosh, she is just, as the father of a, a two-year-old daughter, I'm just hoping my daughter doesn't ever act like that. <laughs> She's ruining the show. If I if I may speak so frankly, I think she's almost ruining the show. But is she? she is. Who's she, she is? Right. All the scenes, but by bringing it down, her negativity is just just bringing the whole episode down. Is it? But is she worse than the son? Because the son just seems like he's 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 always so happy. Like he always wants to play cards <laughs> with his dad or whatever. He's act, but he's supposed to be a junior high kid. But he's acting like he's six years old. You're right. It is. He is kind of a kind of like a, a man boy he he um I, they almost they almost it's like they want him to have like he's a little bit slow or something and how he idolizes his dad which of course we all idolize our dad and i know i know brody was a you know pow and everything but but you're right you know if he's you know 13 years old he wants to go out and be going to those those middle school dances and talking to girls and he don't want to be hanging out with his parents at all <laughs> Exactly. Be more real. That's the most un- of a show that has so many unrealistic plot points. That to me seems like the most unrealistic. Yeah, I think you're right there. What about his wife calls him Brody. So she's basically <laughs> calling him by his last name. Does your wife call you Hawk around the house? No, but we've talked about that. I want her to start calling me Hawk. I think it'd be great. I, I've actually been around a few, um, few husband and wife combos where the wife, calls the husband by not his last name, not his first name, but like his nickname, you know? Oh. Like guy, it's like, it's almost like, uh, you know, Tom Cruise's wife calling him Maverick. You know, <laughs> something like that. And that's like his call sign. I think that'd be awesome. So if my wife started calling me Hawk, I wouldn't be upset at all. Oh, we got to make that. We got to get her on one of these times. We'll, we'll convince her. My <laughs> wife does it. My wife calls me Rank all the time. She goes last that's, name. Really? That's, that's great. See, I just need to... I need to set the. I need to. I might have to lay down the wall today. I'm gonna say from now on, my wife's calling me Hawk. Yeah, I don't. I. I, I don't want to point this out, but you got to step up a little bit, Hawk. <laughs> I'll think about it. So I think she'll be open to it, though. She'll love it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get a progress report on that. Uh, real quick, though, what what do you think for the finale of Homeland? What What do you think's going to happen? What's What's the scenario you see playing out? Because yeah. I actually thought that when Brody and his wife were sitting in the SUV, I thought they were going to get killed right there. But what do you see going forward? So, well, I got you would know you're you're tapped into this Hollywood culture. Is there <laughs> going to be a, is there a season three or is this it? There, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a season three because it's making too much money. But it seems like something that they could, you know, easily just move into a different direction if you lose one of those two actors. Okay, all right. If, if there's going to be a season three, which I would assume there is, I don't, I can't imagine Brody would be, get killed. 
but obviously his wife could go and the show would definitely go on. But <laughs> as bad as that sounds, the, the thing about it is I could see Brody, I could see them trying to, you know, whatever. I can't think of the guy's name, the little rat, you know, that wants to kill him that claims he's on his side. Right. Um, I could see him coming after him and not completing the job. I could see him maybe shooting him a few times, but Brody somehow goes into a coma, comes out of it, bam, then where do we go from there? I mean, then it's crazy. And mm-hmm. Saul, with everything going on with Saul, I think Saul, you can't get rid of Saul either. We need him around. Nope, he's got to be around too. I think maybe something where Brody goes back to the Middle East becomes like kind of an American Taliban type of thing. Ooh, man, that would be a great twist. See? We're, we're thinking. We're, we're along the same lines. And uh, now, the last time you were on, now, you were a great fan of comedy. I know you follow Doug Stanhope, Joe Rogan on your Twitter Twitter feed, and that's the at official AJ Hawk. I gave you a homework assignment to watch the current episodes of Louie. How have you been doing on that? Oh, gosh. I'm telling you, I've, I've watched a real little bit of it. Um, I feel bad because I knew you were going to ask me about it. I, uh, I, got a, I got up there on Netflix and started watching. I've really honestly only seen, like, one episode. But what I did do was go back and watch most of Louie's, uh, not his most recent stand-up hour that he, you know, he put out on the Internet for five bucks. I saw the one before that, and mm-hmm. I was, man, I loved it. I'd already I'd actually seen it a while back, but I just refreshed myself. And Louie's a genius, man. I, I don't know how you feel about him, but he's, he's amazing. Absolutely feel the same way. He is a genius. And I understand with your limited time, you've got choices to make. Homeland took precedence for you. But I'm going to tell you, next time I see you, we're going to get into this Louis C.K. stuff and really dive into it. Okay, yeah, well, I, I heard Louis on, uh, he was on ONA uh, a little while back telling stories, and I, I was loving it. It made me want to go watch his show. Oh, absolutely. You'll love it. You'll love the new season. But that's all the time that we have for today. So, AJ, I'm going to wish you good luck this week against those Chicago Bears. Do what you can to get us the Super Bowl matchup we're all craving. And uh, have a great week, my friend. All right. Thanks again. Appreciate it. That's it. That's it for the Adam Rank Gridiron Podcast for Kids. Thanks to everybody who stuck around for that interview. We do appreciate it. We will be back Thursday for an all-new Dave Damashek football program. That's all I got. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.